our purpose is to empower individuals and families, and uh, and we focus heavily on what we call bridging the gap, which is the gap between you taking a program or you starting a program or starting a coaching and then getting deals because we know if we can shrink that or bridge that gap, then it's more likely you're going to stay in the business and you're not going to quit. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson here with the lovely Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. I am just settling back in from coming back from our four and a half weeks away and um, just getting back into the groove of everything. And it's so awesome to be able to go away for a little bit and then come back home with like that renewed, you know, energy to get back to everything. And yeah, I know it makes such a big difference, right? I know the first couple of days we were back from our trip, I was like itching to get back out and sleep on the ground and go camping again. (laughs) I was like, this is so weird. Like I have the (laughs) of my bed here, but I want to go and sleep on the ground. Uh, uh, A new school year is upon us. How are your kids doing with or getting ready for going back? Oh man, it's a zoo. It is just a zoo here. I got three different Zoom calls I'm trying to manage. I'm like running to like coaching calls and like late for podcasts. And, you know, I got my five-year-old on a Zoom. I run upstairs to check on him and he's like uh, the phone or the, you know, the iPad's like sitting on the, on the couch and he's like in a totally different room. (laughs) And like, you know, the teacher sees like our ceiling. It's, it's just a zoo. It's just a total zoo. So, and school hasn't even started. It's just all the, the, intro, you know, right. stuff right now. So it'll right. be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you? Tell us about your real oh, quick. Well, about your, yeah. How yeah. are you preparing for homeschooling and, and all of that good stuff? We're not really. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the whole idea behind um, unschooling, which is uh, the direction we're going with self-directed education is you just let the kids take the lead. Um, so you give them all this freedom. It's really nerve wracking. I got to tell you, there's a lot yeah. of anxiety but you just you gotta like just be you know be confident in the fact that they know themselves even at a young age and Mm -hmm. that they once you give them that freedom and that space Mm -hmm. that they will eventually find what they're interested in and Mm -hmm. you know we've already seen it with I mean like not things that you would see on a school test but like Mm -hmm. Pokemon Magic the Gathering and like video Mm -hmm. games that he's uh, my kids have played before they've gone Mm -hmm. full in and they can Mm -hmm. tell you like the stats on all the Pokemon characters and like it's crazy how much they learn without being taught and so you just got to trust that instinct so that's where we are right now is just trusting trusting in that process yeah Yeah, it's so hard but it's so important because I think you know in the long run that you're what you're essentially doing is allowing them to really discover their own curiosity and to let that curiosity drive their desire to learn and and I think we all have that 
Uh, and then we all had that as children and then we're sort of conditioned as we move through the, the traditional school system to really stifle that desire to learn. And it's so heartbreaking. And I know because I was one of those kids who makes it all the way to high school and then college and you sit there and it's just like this, this feeling of like, you know, now what? And not feeling like excited to learn some more. It's just like, oh, what is the next thing? Like, tell me there's, a, you know, something good at the end of all of this. And so that's super exciting. Can't wait to see how the yeah. year goes for you guys. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be know. really good. I know it. Well, yeah. speaking of discovering your passions and, mm -hmm. fun, you know, learning more and striking out on your own, Today, we have a conversation with Zachary Beach. Mm -hmm. He's a partner, COO, and coach at Smart Real Estate Coach. Um, and you, the, our listeners might remember Smart Real Estate Coach because several episodes ago, we had on um, Zach's father-in-law, mm -hmm. Chris Prefontaine, to talk about buying on terms and lease options. And I remember during that conversation, towards the end of the conversation, um, you and I looked at Chris and we were like, well, this is all great, but definitely couldn't work in California. Definitely not the uh -huh. Bay Area. And he's like, no, no, it works everywhere. And it works pretty much at all points in the market yeah. cycle. And, and so we knew we wanted to get somebody else back on the show to talk about what the strategy is all about. And so that's why was so excited about this conversation with Zach. Yeah, and you know what it really boils down to, uh, you know, on the second call that I discovered is that it all boils down to the pain points that the sellers have. And so any seller, whether, they, whether they're a seller in California or a seller in Florida or a seller in Texas, all experience similar pain points. And that's what we kind of dove into and we talked a little bit about was those pain points and how they are able to structure these deals on terms, as they like to call it, to be able to satisfy the pain points of the people that they're they're working with. So interesting because I don't know anything about this topic, <laughs> but it's so interesting because at the tail end of the podcast, we started to talk more about, I started to kind of deep dive, you know, what it takes to get into this industry, how much time you have to invest, how much money, and when you can actually start to see results. And as we move through that, and I was kind of like quickly like, you know, jotting numbers <laughs> and doing the math as I like to do. And I realized that he's basically saying, or they're basically saying, and again, no promises, right? But this has happened within the group, which is wild to me, that with a you know, three to four weeks of time invested on a regular, typical 40-hour work week, like let's say, you know, you 40 hours a week for three to four weeks, that you could potentially get your first deal done. And he estimates that a deal, one deal, the overall lifetime value of that deal can be worth anywhere from $40,000 to $200,000, depending on where you're at, whether you're in <laughs> California or you're in, you know, the Carolinas or whatever. But when you think about that, when you think about three to four weeks worth of your full-time job, that you could do this in this industry in, you know, in that time span and, and close a deal and get it done and make that kind of money is wild. And that's the kind of stuff like, you know, that I love helping our audience and, you know, the people in our network learn about are these types of things. And, and what I love about real estate is that you can get so creative, you know, really depending on your, you know, time allotment, your financial, you know, abilities and just your skill sets too. And you merge all of those together and you can boop, find something in real estate that kind of fits you. And so it was so fun diving in with him and learning a little bit more about this strategy. 
Yeah, it's so cool how there's so many facets to real estate and really anyone who's interested can find their place in real estate. Um, So in this conversation with Zach, of course, we dive into lease options and buying on terms and seller financing. But for any of our listeners out there who might be interested in passive investing and real estate syndications, and you haven't gotten a copy of our book, Investing for Good, you can get yours for free free, just text the word book to 41404. Again, that's just text the word book to 41404. All right. Well, without further ado, here is our conversation with Zach Beach. Zachary, welcome to the show. How are you? I am awesome, man, Julie. I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm excited. As I was saying offline, end of my day. So I'm going to give you everything I got because I don't have to worry about anything after this. Nice. Fantastic. Now, Zach, we had your father-in-law, Chris Prefontaine, on the show several episodes ago, and we were fascinated by um, what he was talking about. And we'll dig into that further in a bit. But first, we want to focus on you and your story. I know you've got a very unique story. You've done hundreds, at this point, hundreds of successful real estate deals, and you coach others who are getting started in real estate. And you've only... you've been in this for five years and you're you're 30 now is that right just turned 30 this summer just turned 30 oh my gosh <laughs> so you've had a ton of success in that time so take us back to the beginning take us back five years ago to the beginning of your real estate journey I mean at that point did you always know that you wanted to get into real estate or how did that come about oh god no I had no idea I wanted to be in real estate I was, so I come out of college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, I live in Southern Rhode Island and we happen to be in like a, a really nice tourist destination because I moved down here from Massachusetts. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, hey, you know what would be awesome is to bartend. It's like, look how much fun all the bartenders are having. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. Graduated a marketing degree, didn't use anything. Uh, just bartended for about four years and I wanted to make some more cash. So I started personal training on the side. And as you can imagine, that like the times that you have to be up during the both of those jobs are insane. So I'd bartend till like I don't know, two or three in the morning, I'd get home and I'd have to be at the gym for about five in the morning uh, to start training people. So like my, I, I didn't really sleep for about four years. I had like, I had long naps during, during the, during the day hours. So it just got to a point where I was about 24 years old and I was getting burnt out and I was so I went to my father-in-law, Chris, who I know was involved in real estate for, I don't know, 20 years at that time. And I said, you got this small family business. Him and my brother-in-law were, were doing deals. Like smart real estate coach wasn't even a, wasn't really a thought at that point. We were just doing our own real estate deals. So I, I went to him and said, hey, I don't know if I'm going to like real estate. I just have a feeling that's going to be a heck of a lot better than this. So um, in between those two jobs, I started doing cold calling to expired listings. So properties that came off the market. Uh, did that for about, um, say, five or six months on the side. And then April came around of that year. And I cut off bartending. I cut off personal training because I was so burnt out. And I said, hey, I don't know how, I don't know if, if I'm even going to be good at this real estate thing, but let's see. So I jumped in with uh, both feet and 
five years later, here we are. Oh man. I'm so curious about that because cold calling, right? It's like something that most people are so intimidated by. So you approach your father-in-law and you're like, okay, I, I might be interested in this. I want to try it out. And he's like, okay, here you go. Cold call these people. <laughs> were you like, yeah. uh, no, thank you. Or were you like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in however I can. Oh, it's so funny. Cause like when I, when I coach students now, they're always like, you, you sound so good on the phone. And I'm like, you should have heard me when I first started. Like nobody <laughs> likes cold calling. Nobody likes talking to anybody they don't know, especially yeah. on the phone for some reason. I feel like we can all talk to people in person, but on the phone, it's like the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. So no, I hated it and I was awful at it. But it's one of those things that if you can master the script, if you can just get some sort of comfort level there, get a couple small wins, meaning you get a couple sellers to say, hey, I'm open to hearing more. And then eventually it just starts building on that momentum. So just like everybody else, I mean, I'd call reluctance. I think that's like one of the number one things for real estate investors that for people that fail at the beginning, it's because they just can't get over that call reluctance. Like uh, they, they're just not sure how to, how to get through the call. So it just got to a certain point where I just made so many. And I actually spent about the first two years of my real estate investing career on the phone. Uh, I would be making phone calls to these expired listings or two for sale by owners for like 60 hours a week. Uh, so it just oh got to a certain point where that's where I lived, uh, but it's helped me throughout my, the rest of my real estate investing career so far because I can pretty much talk to anybody on the phone and have understood all those dynamics and then it just makes it real easy for me to be able to teach the next person how to, how to master the phone in the future, which is a key skill. And what were you cold calling for? What were you looking for when you were calling people? Yeah, so we buy and sell on terms. So, uh, which means either lease options, owner financing, or buying properties subject to the existing loan. And maybe we'll dive a little further in that. But I know Chris probably gave you at least some surface level information uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, so really what I'm looking for is some key information. I'm looking for motivation. I'm looking for some financials on the property to determine if we should, if it's a good fit for us to buy. And I'm also just looking at the property itself, which tends to be third on my list because in all honesty, if there's not a high enough motivation and the financials aren't right, or if we can't solve their problem, then the property really doesn't matter. It's actually, which a lot of people, this doesn't occur to them for a while until you, until you've been in real estate investing. The, the property itself actually doesn't matter. It's the terms that you can create they actually make the deal good or not. Hmm. You know, something that Chris said when we talked to him, you know, we spent this whole show talking about, you know, what does it mean, lease options and buying on terms and all of this stuff. And then at the end of the show, I remember, and Julie, maybe you remember this too, we were like, oh, no, well, this is all fine and good, but we live in California and this <laughs> definitely couldn't work here. And he's like, no, no, this can work anywhere, like expensive markets and less expensive markets, it can work anywhere. So tell us about that. Tell us a little bit more about each of those three things that you mentioned and then how is it that they can work anywhere well the overall encompassing effect is there's people out there in every market that are having trouble selling even in a hot market and then of course on the buyer side there's buyers out there that can't qualify for loans so if you can solve a seller's problem uh, then you have a deal uh, now it doesn't when i say problem it doesn't have to be a negative thing this could be, we buy a lot of properties from people that have free and clear homes, meaning there's no mortgage or debt on the house. Uh, and we buy a lot of them on owner financing. 
Um, so meaning the seller is willing to finance the property and hold the first position or a mortgage on it for us. And their challenge tends to be that they want the most equity out of the house. And they know if they go sell it traditionally, then they're gonna have to pay a realtor. They're gonna typically have to pay a lot of closing costs and they're gonna have to continue to pay their taxes. It's in certain areas, I'm sure in California, the taxes are extremely high. Uh, so we take away a lot of that pain uh, and provide them with what they're what they're trying to accomplish there. We bought, uh, we purchased in Southern California. We have a 10-year lease option deal right now. And just to recap, a lease purchase means that you're going to be agreeing upon a purchase price. You're going to be taking over any and all responsibilities associated with the home with the seller, and then you're going to agree upon a definitive end date in the future. So on or before that date in the future, you cash them out. So we have a 10-year lease purchase deal in Southern California, which everybody says, like you just said, you can't, like people don't mm-hmm. sell on terms over here. Uh, and it's it's actually quite the opposite. And then we've purchased uh, quite a few up in the, the Valley, the Fresno area. And we had multiple owner financing deals where the seller actually finances the property that are well over six figures. We're talking a hundred grand, $200,000 worth of all projected profit in what we call our three paydays. We can dive into that too, if you'd like. So walk me through this, because I, I understand at a high level what lease mm-hmm. options mean. But okay, so let's say I'm a seller, right? You reach yeah. out to me and I'm a seller. Maybe I've got, I don't know, maybe a home here in California. Maybe it's 500, I paid 500,000 for it several years mm-hmm. ago, right? So maybe I want to sell, but maybe I'm not actively selling. Is that the type of seller you're looking for? Not always, unless that's like a second home of yours and you'd be willing to, to, to release it. But most of the sellers, so if, if we're looking at like lead sources in which we acquire leads from or potential buying the property, it's people that have been on the market before, so expired listing. So mm-hmm. they've been on with a realtor for some reason or another, they weren't able to sell it and now it's expired. So fantastic lead source. We've actually about 70% of our deals come from that lead source. Why? Because they've been through the traditional market, they've seen what it has to offer, and now they're looking for alternative options because they still want to sell their house, especially those that have a high motivation. Maybe they've already relocated or, or you know, they, they maybe financially they, they can't afford the property anymore. And then for sale by owners, so people that are actively looking to sell their house. Those tend to take a little bit longer to quote unquote season, mean before they're actually ready to make a move because they're on for sale by owner, which means they think they can sell on their own. Right. Um, unless they have a strong motivation and they're ready to go as soon as, as soon as it happens. And then, if, then the other ones are more specifically like niche lists, meaning mm-hmm. where you buy a list of like a whole bunch of homeowners in Oakland, California that have free and clear houses and maybe they're out of state owners. Right. So that tends to be more of the person you're talking to, which is more of a niche list, which is, Hey, we're going to take like a shotgun approach here. We're going to hit this list a couple of times and we're going to hope that, we hit them at the right time or in the future, it'll, it'll be the right time and they'll, they'll reach back out to us. So that tends to be a, the smaller group of leads that we acquire or, or the smaller amount of properties that we buy, but that's still a, a, a valid source. Got it. So let's say, okay, so I get, I got it now. So I think that that makes a lot more sense. So let's say that I, I worked with a broker months ago and we listed the, my property and it didn't sell. So now I'm like all bummed. I'm like, man, you know, I was ready to offload this thing and nobody wanted it or nobody could offer close to what I wanted to sell it for. And then lo and behold, one day I get a call from you 
right? Mm -hmm. So is that typically how it works? And then what would you be offering? Are you offering now to buy the house? And what, what are the, the terms that you would typically offer? Yep. Good questions. So yeah, either myself or we have virtual assistants that, that reach out, acquire the information, and then I'll have a next level call with them. So yeah, let's say that you're a seller, you're selling the property for 500000 Let's say you have a mortgage on it for 300000 and your mortgage payment all in with tax and insurance is 3000 So if that was the case and you had a motivation strong enough to want to do a, a deal with us, then how we would typically structure it is, so if we're doing a lease purchase, what we would do is we'd agree upon a price. So say we agree upon 500000 What we're doing is we're locking in that $200,000 worth of equity at the beginning of the sale. Then we're gonna take over any and all responsibilities, including that mortgage payment. So we'll be making that $3,000 that $3, a month. And then we'll agree upon a term. So I typically will ask somebody, you know, what's the longest term you're willing to go? Uh, because you know, the longer the term, the more profit that's in the deal, but also it has, uh, it has some protection associated with it as well. Because when we go to sell it on the back end, we do have a very high success rate, but if a buyer defaults, we still have plenty of room to pivot in that. Mm. And what I mean is we could place another tenant buyer in there. We could sell it traditionally, but in the end, we'd be getting you cashed out. So real important with these types of deals are you're getting the benefit of the principal pay down. So, which is real important. So say out of that $3,000 a month payment, you know, it's a 30 year mortgage You're in like, you know, year 15 and you get a thousand bucks every month coming off. Because you've locked in that $200,000 with equity, every, may, every payment that you make as an investor, you get $1,000 coming off the principal. So when these actually sell in the future, not only are you getting mass amounts of wealth on these deals, but it's also recession resistant, right? You're hedging yourself against the market because you're getting so much principal coming out. That's an obvious reason why we like to do owner financing because we typically structure on these free and clear houses, principal only payments. And I said that, you guys heard that right. It's principal only payments, not interest only, principal only payments because a seller typically does it because you're able to get them to their price or maybe even pay a premium, but you're getting a large uh, principal coming off every month, which again, allows you to be recession resistant, especially in the types of times that we're in right now, or if the market continues to trend up, you're building massive amounts of equity in each one of these deals. Wow. It sounds like there's a lot of, when you're putting these deals together, there's a lot of levers that you can pull and a lot of ways that mm -hmm. you can structure these deals. So for, I know that through Smart Real Estate Coach, you have a lot of coaching clients who want to get into this. Typically, you know, who are the best people who are suited to do something like this? Yeah, I, we get people from all walks of life. Uh, what we've seen more recently, especially with everything going on with COVID, is we're having a lot of people that are in a really good position financially, but they kind of see the writing on the wall. And what I always say is COVID just kind of sped things up. So, you know, they're the, they're the executive or, you know, the, the salesman that's been working a long time. They make 200, 300,000. And they're sitting there and they're like, well, in six months from now, we could get a lot of layoffs. And I've always liked real estate. So this is a really good time to start building my own business. Uh, so we're getting a, a lot of people in that dynamic. It's not everyone because we, we also have a, a large amount of people that are, you know, been doing this part time now for a while and are just trying to build some sort of, um, you know, income on the side and maybe love their job and maybe they don't see the writing on the wall and they just want to build a nice retirement because we all know that real estate is the way to go, uh, especially when it comes to retirement or building wealth. Uh, but I can tell you due to COVID, 
we've seen a lot of movement from either entrepreneurs in other spaces or people that are financially well off in corporate world. They're like, I need to take back control of my life. And I, and I want to be involved in real estate. And I just, uh, I, I see whatever smart real estate coach is doing right now that the systems are working. Uh, and that's why they're, they're moving to, to our coaching company. Yeah. So I, I am curious to know, cause I have a house that I might be interested in selling. So how does that work? Like, do I talk to you like offline? Like, what do you guys offer? Like, let's say I have a house and let's say that, you know, Zillow tells me it's worth $300,000, right? Like how, like, do I get market value for that home? Or like, what do you guys offer on a home? That's like that. If, if like Zillow's telling me it's worth 300,000, do you guys typically come in like below? that like a wholesaler would or how does that work? I'm just curious. Yeah, good question. I love that you bring it up Zillow though. I mean, we all know like Zillow just takes this big conglomerate right. of information totally and says, this yeah. is what the house is worth. <laughs> yeah. And then every single person you talk to, they're like, well, Zillow tells me my house is worth yeah. this. Like, yeah. let's say that you're asking 300,000 and mm -hmm. you're, and I go pull comparables and you say it's 300,000. Okay. So the purchase price is only one term that I look at. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And this is why we're actually able to help out a lot of sellers, especially if it's very price driven. Now, the mm -hmm. one question I'd want to know is, Julie, do you need the equity out of this property in order to move? Let's say yes. If you say yes, I'm probably not going to be your best option. Because gotcha. what I can do is I can get you your price, but I'm going to do it over time, right? So I'm either going to do it with okay. a lease purchase or over financing over time. So that's, that's a main thing I always want to know because we're in... I always want to be from a sales standpoint in a disqualification process because mm -hmm. Julia, you said, Hey, no matter what, I need my equity to move. And it's likely that you take less mm -hmm. just to move on. Right. And of course I'm not your best option. Now gotcha. if you said, I would like my equity. Well, of course, 99% of the people I buy from want their equity. I mean, <laughs> when I sell a house, I want full price, no closing cut, like closing 30 days, cash right. sale. Of course right. we all want it. Yeah. If the reality is that maybe you have another motivation or another challenge that you're facing that I can help solve and you don't need your equity today, then of course we could continue talking, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you already moved and you got this $300,000 house sitting there and you're like, hey, actually like this house is fine. I don't need my equity. Uh, I'm having more of like a real estate problem right now, meaning like mm -hmm. I have this house and I don't know what to do with it. So mm -hmm. look, if you get me my price or if we can at least agree upon something in which is close to my price, that I'm willing to do a lease purchase or owner finance. Okay, mm -hmm. well, now it makes sense. So mm -hmm. then at that time, let's say we'd agree upon 300,000. Mm -hmm. I would then look at your financials on the property, meaning I'd want to know the exact mortgage balance at the time. I'd want to know what the monthly payment is in the breakdown because I'm taking that over. Plus we'd have to put those in our agreements. And then let's say we agree upon taking over all your payments. And then in 36 months, you know, we cash you out. So on and before that 36 months, whatever equity we locked in at the beginning is what you get at the time of sale. Okay. Like make it real easy. It's, it's a delayed cash sale, right? Everything is agreed upon at the beginning and then on and before the end of the term, it, that's when everything actually exercises and it turns to a traditional sale. Got it. Okay. How close to the purchase price do you get generally? Like typically, is it like 5%, 10% or does it just so, depend? Well, that's the easy answer, right? It depends on the deal. So yeah. let's say you said, I, I need my purchase price. And then I go mm -hmm. pull comps and I realize that you're probably overpriced. Mm -hmm. And I would say, all right, well, I can do that, but I need five years. Or yeah. I can, so we can start playing with terms or mm -hmm. maybe it's free and clear. And I could say, well, I could do your purchase price, but I, but I need like a monthly payment of X because 
if I'm going to make my money, it's not going to be on the purchase price. It's going to be on the spread every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just, we play, like you said, we play with different levers because it's not all about one thing. It's, it's the deal right. in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can solve a lot of people's problems and challenges that the traditional market can't because traditionally, right? Uh, what we all know is, all right, go list with a realtor. We go sell our property. If the realtor can get our price or more realistically, if they can get 95 to 90% of our price then we're happy and then they get their commission, we all walk away. Mm-hmm. Or a wholesaler calls you up and says, hey, you know, you want 300,000, well, I can give you 150 right now, and you get your cash, you can move on. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not okay with either one of those options, well, that's when our terms options become really good, because you're like, look, right. as long as I can wait, I can get more money, or, mm-hmm. you know, this guy can take care of my property if I get X price, uh, or I don't mm-hmm. have to pay commissions, but I just have to wait some time. So it's, it's a... Uh, it's all about crafting up terms that both us and the seller can live with. And it's good for you because if you can lock in a purchase price that is lower than what it could be in like three years or whatever, then you're actually getting getting a deal, right? Am I understanding that right? Or is yeah, in a perfect su- world, yes, uh, right? Okay. Because that'd be, uh, that'd be under the assumption that every market that we're buying is appreciating. What's important is, especially for the investors out there, it's, look, we're locking in a specific amount of equity because mm-hmm. the, because let's say you're asking 300,000 and you owe 200, we're giving mm-hmm. you 100,000 at the end of the term. That mm-hmm. way we get the principal pay down. That's a big deal. And a, a lot of investors that even do terms or lease options are missing right now. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not benefiting from that principal pay down. And that is a huge hedge against the market. And that's wealth building written all over it. So if I get five years on this and I only get to owe you 100,000 at the end, I may have built in $30,000. that I'm going to get when this house cashes out in the future. What's the volume of deals that you guys are doing every year? Like you guys personally. So uh, in-house, let's say me, uh, Nick, Nick, my brother-in-law, my father-in-law, our small team, Mm -hmm. we do about two to four deals a month on average. Uh, So we tend to carry because we always have deals cashing out uh, because we're big, huge believers on, uh, getting buyers to the finish line. Like we want to get people to the finish line. We want to be able to give those who couldn't get a loan the ability to become homeowners in the future. So mm-hmm. we have properties that are cashing out that we took under contract three, four, five years ago, and now oh, they're cashing wild. us out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's what I mean. You build a portfolio that we're getting paid now, so we get a non-refundable deposit up front. We then get cash flow every month, mm-hmm. and then three, five, ten years down the line, the seller goes and gets their own loan. Now we're getting all that back end. Mm-hmm, so you're mm-hmm. able to get to a point where you could eventually step off the treadmill because you know, look, if I stop here, I have basically a traditional, like right now in our business, we have a traditional sale at least one per month for the next like five years if we didn't, if we stopped building our portfolio. Right. So That's pretty wild. crazy there in that aspect. Yeah. So and, and, <laughs> maybe I didn't answer your question, but. No. Yeah. No, that was good. That's, that's crazy. Okay. So I think that piece is like so important for people to think about and understand the potential for what you just said. Like you could pretty much stop working for the next five years and still have like, you know, money coming in from these deals that you're selling from, from, you know, the work that you did years ago. And that's very much true for us and what we do in our business as well. And, and, um, you know, we're putting deals together. Now we're approaching the third year of, you know, syndications that we did three years ago. Unfortunately, because of COVID, it's going to put a pause and a delay on those deals exiting out 
out. But but once whenever the market does recover and once we get back to that, we're going to start to receive payments on the you know on the GP side on these syndications that we did from from years ago. And it's wild when you think about sort of the passivity of that. It's like oh, I'm going to get paid for work I did like <laughs> a long time ago. Like that's the only you know way that's, to do it. Absolutely, like that's part of the secret of of doing what we do is how can you generate this pass these passive income streams? Um, you know that you don't actually have to do work for and or work that you did you know years ago and getting paid for it today. So um, I love that. I don't want to kind of breeze over that. We'll get back to our conversation with Zach in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now... Back to our chat with Zachary Beach. So when you take over the home, does the loan transfer to you guys as well? Or how does that piece of it work? Yeah, so on a lease purchase, the title is staying in the seller's name. We're okay. just contractually obligated for making the payment and 100% responsible for the house. So gotcha. think of it as like Uber, right? Uber has okay. all these taxis that they don't own. Okay. Lease purchases are like the same way. So you have a bunch of houses that you don't own, but you control Mm-hmm. And that allows you because without getting too deep in the weeds, uh, you have a notice of option on the house or a memorandum of real estate, which puts you on title with the seller. Okay. So you get full control of the property, but the title still stays in the seller's name and the mortgage, if there is one, still sells in the seller's name as well. And you mentioned you mentioned cash flow. So tell us where that cash flow comes from. Is that from the the rental income of those units? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so... Let's, let's dive into the, the paydays because I think it's important because we teach you how to be able to make three, three distinct paydays on one deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've tied up all the terms with the seller. So you've agreed upon the price, you've agreed upon the term, and you've agreed upon what the expenses are on the property. What we'll then do is we'll raise the purchase price because these are tenant buyers. So buyers are outside of financeability and they need time to qualify for a loan. So they're willing to pay a premium on the house in order to be able to move in and lock in their own price. Mm-hmm. So 
what we then will do is we'll take in a non-refundable deposit from them, uh, which will come directly off the purchase price. So that's payday number one. So typically that's anywhere from three to 10% of the purchase price down. And then we're going to get monthly cash flow because we have X amount of expenses. Uh, and typically it's just the mortgage taxes, the insurance uh, that we're paying directly out. And we're going to have a monthly payment coming in from our buyer because they have a rental payment or a monthly payment coming in. So that's where we create our spread. And our spread is what we call our payday two. So now you have deals that let's say if you sold the property to a buyer for 36 months, you now have 36 months worth of spread coming in. Uh, and remember, you're not a landlord in this position either. You're selling these property to tenant buyers on, on rent to own programs. So you're not responsible for anything. The buyer's inheriting the responsibility of the entire property. So you're not getting calls in the middle of the night. You know, you're not, you're not worrying about if the furnace breaks, anything like that. They know they're responsible for all of that. So you're just collecting a paycheck. And then the third payment, the third payday is, we talked about this a couple of times, is the principal pay down that you've received that's gone down. And that will, of course, depend upon the loan or if there isn't a loan on the property. And then any additional premium that may be left over from the beginning. Um, so now you get your third payday on that deal. So uh, on average, just using our in-house, so we buy in Southern, uh, Southern New England, is roughly $78,000 all three paydays, so per deal. So as you see, if you start accumulating all these properties, you're now able to not only get paid three to five to 10 years down the line, you're gonna start seeing your portfolio show not only cash flow, but deposits and then cash outs. Mm -hmm. So you can really start making this business super predictable, especially if you have an idea in mind of how much, how much revenue you wanna increase or, or how much net profit you want. You can start to clearly see if I stack this many deals, I'll require this. So. A really cool way to be able to build out a portfolio. And the kicker of the whole thing is out of our properties, I think out of our, we typically carry between 50 and 60. We've probably given a deposit on, I don't know, five, six of them. Uh, and I'm talking like minimum. Uh, we had a, uh, a conference or what we call a QLS live event last September. And we had over 22 to $24 million worth of controlled property in the room. And I think there was maybe three people that put down a deposit larger than $500. Hmm. So we're buying these things with little to no money down without using our own cash, without using our own credit. And definitely without personally signing on anything. That's wild. So if someone was thinking about joining Smart Real Estate Coach and they were like, okay, this, if someone listening is thinking, okay, this is, this is definitely for me. I fall into that category. I have the time bandwidth. It's, you know, super interesting to me. What does it look like for somebody to get started like a financial investment? What does that look like? And then also, what does the time investment look like for somebody uh, who's thinking about getting into this and being coached by you guys? Yeah, so it's, it's going to depend upon, so from a coaching standpoint and a financial investment, we have multiple levels. So it just really depends on what their commitment level would be. And then from like a monthly standpoint of like running this business about doing, mm -hmm. say, a deal the two a month. I mean, you're mm -hmm. talking usually less than about $1,000 to run this business a month. The majority of that is actually going to come from virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. Very low overhead on this. And then I don't know if I was missing one of the questions. 
Oh, no, I was just asking about the time investment, like that somebody would have to think about putting into it. Like, I'm super busy. I've got, you know, our business to run. We're doing, you know, I'm doing personal deals. I've got syndications. I've got my kids. Like, you know, but it sounds (laughs) like it's a good, like it's a good opportunity. I'm super curious to learn more about it. Um, But if somebody was thinking about getting into it, I'm just curious on the time investment because, you know, some people, the way we always look at things in our business is, you know, people come to us and either they've got more time or they've got more money. You know, and depending on what, you know, they have more of or less of or whatever they need, then it determines sort of which avenue we help them, you know, kind of go down. And so I'm just curious on that, on that time investment piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. So most people that come into the business typically have about 10 hours to dedicate. Now your time and your goals are going to have to be relevant, right? Um, This is a business model. It's not, it's not like a passive, like somebody isn't going to typically come in and give us like 50, 100, 200,000. We're going to give you an interest rate. Not from what we're talking about here with Smart Real Estate Coach. We yeah. teach you a, a system, a business model that you can either scale or, mm-hmm. or choose not to, but we'll be able to set it up so it's super trackable and be able to, to grow it, uh, especially mm-hmm. your, your portfolio. So most people start with, a, with about 10 hours. I think that's a great place to start. And if you do have more capital, then I would be bringing more virtual assistants or at least start with at least one to two. So they can do mm-hmm. a lot of the little like things like the admin and or making those outbound calls. So you're just speaking with people that are higher level. Uh, mm-hmm. So that actually obviously advances you. So if you have additional capital, then put it in your business that way you can grow it. And uh, if you don't have as much capital, then you have to spend a little bit more time, like you were saying, inside your business. So I would say if you get about 10 hours, uh, you're at a good place to start. Okay. And then how long would you say it takes like for someone to start seeing results, at least the first couple of deals, getting that done, spending 10 hours a week? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, that is something that we are extremely focused on. We What we call like a time to first taking or a time to first deal. So what we do is we track the first call that you make mm-hmm. with uh, your certified coach to when you get your first property under contract, then mm-hmm. eventually to your first sold. And Right now, it originally started two years ago, about 160 days. It's now averaging somewhere between like 120, 90 to 120 days, I would say is on average. But over the last couple of months, actually two days ago, we had a record that just got set 27 days, time to first property under contract down in South Carolina, Charleston area too. So talk about a hot market. Then we had 40 in a 42 days, one's in Seattle, one's in uh, Chicago. And then, uh, and then we had one in Connecticut, which was like 55 days. So our system, our process, our community itself is, is shortening that time because we are so overly committed to it. Our purpose is to empower individuals and families. And, uh, and we focus heavily on what we call bridging the gap, which is the gap between you taking a program or you starting a program or starting a coaching and then getting deals because we know if we can shrink that or bridge that gap, then it's more likely you're going to stay in the business and you're not going to quit. It's unfortunate that so many people that have such great skills levels are coming you know, with a bang, uh, just get discouraged because they're not getting the results. So we are overly focused on that. Uh, mm-hmm. That way we can you know, empower those individuals and families and, and really create and really make a huge dent in the real estate market nationally, especially with terms deals. And all those those sort of like success stories, the time to the first deal, the twenty seven days, and and whatnot. Are those were those people? Do those people have any real estate experience, or are they coming fresh, or are they? Does it kind of vary? 
Yeah, great, great question. So actually a majority of our coaching students or associates have zero real estate experience. So hmm. 27 days, he was in book sales, I believe, like he, like higher end book sales, like helps people create books. The other one was a um, salesperson from a big company out in Chicago. And the other one is a uh, bus driver in Alaska and he was buying properties in Seattle. So not much real estate experience there. And then um, I think That's the crazy. one in Connecticut, she had some, like she's been through another program before, but okay. wasn't successful in that program. So a long-winded answer to say most of these people don't have it, right. uh, don't have real estate experience. They're just utilizing our, our process and our scripts and everything to the fullest. And you said the average deal nets about $70,000. Did I, did I catch that right? Yeah. So let me be more broad just in case people are sitting in different areas in the country and then they're going to yeah. say, like, you told me it was this. Uh, <laughs> personally, uh, our deals are $78,000 all three paydays. Okay. Nationally, when we look at our deals, we have deals that are averaging more in the $40,000 range in like places in like Arizona, lower end, up to 250000 which I was mentioning out there in California. So it's, it's a broader range, but we're t encompassing because uh, we have a hundred uh, over a hundred associates now nationally. We're taking data from everywhere. And I would say ranges, I know from 40 to about 250,000. Gotcha. So for everybody who's listening out there, if you, I, I was kind of doing the num crunching the numbers, like I like to do in my mind as, as we're talking here. And basically what that means is for three works worth of 40 hours a week, right? If I'm understanding correctly at a 10 hours a week, 120 hours over, you know, that time period, you can potentially net 40 to $200,000 in that three weeks worth of work that you put in. Yeah. I don't want to set the expectation there, but <laughs> if you are hungry but that's wild, and you right. follow the program, you can get extremely good results. Now yeah, we always yeah. say this, it depends hundred percent on you. We've used this system now for hundreds of people totally. and Everybody has varied results, but if we've seen those that are extremely dedicated and committed to the yeah. process, yeah. you can build a massive portfolio. And again, with little to no money down, so your upside is enormous compared to the downside. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if though, even if we're talking about like in a full-time month worth of working that you get the low end of that at $40,000 per deal that you're closing, that that's the value of your time. That's still not bad. I mean, that's still pretty good. I mean, if you sit down and run the numbers, so that's that's awesome. Um, I, I love all of this, and I love all the insight into the strategy behind it. Um, and I think you know, it's interesting. And this is the thing I love about real estate is that there's so many different avenues that people can take. You know, and and that's when I fell into real estate it was like. I, oh my gosh, it was just like this, this rabbit hole because I don't need to just do one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you become an attorney, yes, there's different types of law that you can practice, but generally speaking, what you do in and of itself as an attorney is the same across the board, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the thing I love about real estate is that you can just kind of like take this and find a way that works for you. And that kind of fits your, you know, your time constraints and your, you know, financial ability and your skill sets and really find something that works for you. And so I love that we kind of, 
you know, took the time to deep dive into this a little bit more today so that anyone out there listening who might be considering this can learn more about it. So that was great. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on now um, to the investing for good impact round. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions around investing for good. So the first question is around investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are allowing you to live a better life? Yeah. uh, I mean, real estate has brought me a, a, a lot, a lot of good things. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine when I was a bartender five years ago to be sitting <laughs> in the position that I'm in. And I can definitely thank that to, to real estate. Uh, so I would say investing in real estate is giving me back time and it's giving me choices. I mean, that's the yeah. number one thing. And I think that's what everybody searches for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all can make more money, but we can, can't always get more time. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and most importantly choices. I'm a, huge, huge component of that. Like if people tell me I can't do something like, all right, now I have to do it. So yeah. as long as I have the ability to make choices, then I, I'm more free-minded. I, I can, I can do the Absolutely. right things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell Annie, I'm an options girl. That's, that's what I like. I, I like to know what my options are. Even if we never use them, I need to know that I have multiple exit strategies that are available to me. And so having a life full of, of, um, options and choices is, is, um, is great. So I love that. Okay. Second question is investing in others. So what is one investment strategy or investment hack or life hack that you might be able to share with the audience that will help them make an impact in their investment uh, journey? Okay. So life hacks, (laughs) Mm -hmm. investing in others. (laughs) I I can tell you that, I mean, real estate in general has, has certainly brought me a long way, but I mean, if you're not spending your time in the personal development world and reading books and spending time there. I know maybe this is a generic answer for you guys, but I can tell you that that is the number one thing that, that separates and I've, and I've coached a lot of people that mm-hmm. separates the good real estate investor or the good business owner, the good entrepreneur from mm-hmm. the not so good business owner yeah. and entrepreneur. Cause mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not able to progress and you're not able to grow, which means that you can't grow your income, which means you can't grow your business. So mm-hmm. spend the time. I know if you're out there and you, you didn't enjoy reading books or you don't enjoy studying, like I didn't do any of that <laughs> until I graduated from college. And then I was like, oh, I probably should start looking at stuff. So take the time, spend a little time each day when you're driving in your car, listen to an audible, just advance your life. Because as soon as you get that type of learning, it just opens up your perspective. Yep. Uh, which is crazy. So, and there's two different types of learning. There's learning to advance whatever you're currently doing. And then mm-hmm. I bet you for most of you right now, we're talking about learning that changes your perspective. So maybe most of you out there didn't, didn't know that you could do all this stuff on terms. Mm-hmm. And now I'm opening up to kind of change your mental model here. So you can start realizing that talk about options, that there's other options out there, how to buy and sell real estate and how to advance your life. So that's, that's why I'd go in with that answer. I love that. I love that. I think that might be the first time we we got that that answer and it's such an important thing and and mindset is such a key thing for Annie and I um you know my my nightstand is like that high full of books right now. I have like this you know long list of books I need to read but that's where it all starts, right? Because if you don't believe that you can do it and you don't have the right mindset to to think you know what you need to do and and all of that it'll just be the thing you're just going to stand in your own way from success. 
And so I think that that's um, such good advice for anybody out there who's listening who might be struggling or thinking maybe they can't do it. Get out there and read some books and it'll give you the motivation that you need to get to where you're trying to go. So I love that. All right. Last question is investing in the world. So what is one thing that you guys are doing right now to make the world a better place as it relates to your investments? Oh, that's our number one focus. I was telling Andy offline here. I mean, one of our focus is to change the real estate landscape nationally. Uh, they're just, especially with everything that's going on, but even before that, it's you have roughly 60 to 80% in most markets, buyers that are good buyers that cannot qualify for loans due to mm -hmm. bank restrictions and qualifications. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, I'm sitting in my house. I bought this property on lease purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm self-employed. I needed 24 months to qualify for a loan. You know, I had a yeah. young son and we were, my wife was, we were going to have a second kid. I need to find a house to move into. So mm -hmm. we bought this, uh, this, this nice house down here in Rhode Island and it changed my life. And certainly from an investment standpoint too, it, it actually allowed me to create a heck of a lot of equity instead of just renting a house. So not just from my perspective, but you're changing the landscape and generational uh, change when you're helping out those who thought they only could rent because they didn't qualify for a loan. Now they become homeowners. Now their children grow up with a homeowner parent. Now, now buying a home is normal compared to, I have friends that parents rented forever. So now they mm -hmm. rent forever. They never get to appreciate that. So generationally, and then even from a seller standpoint, we're working with sellers. Like sellers don't have to be in this box anymore where it's like, I have to go with a realtor or I have to, you know, hold on to this property. There's, there's other avenues to to be able to still get what they want so we want to change we're, we're in the process of changing that and uh what we've seen is it's trending that way because there's some projections out there that 20 to 30 percent of deals over the next five to ten years are going to be done with owner financing so they're going to be doing mm -hmm. off-market deals so yeah we're um we're big advocates of that we're, we're we're working on changing the landscape with all of our associates around the country I love all of that. You know, this is part of the reason why Annie and I do the work that we do is to help people like you spread the word. Let's teach people, let's give them the tools that they need to learn how to help themselves. <laughs> like if, right. if the government spent more time doing that, we would not be in the situation that we are in right now. And sadly, they just keep doling out the money and saying, here, we'll help you out instead of teaching you. Because if we teach you, then you're going to be too smart for your own good. And, and so I love that. That's what Annie and I are right there with you. And, and in alignment. So um, yeah, love, love all of it. Yeah. What I love the most is that you guys aren't, you know, it's not like you're here to make a quick buck. You're here to mm -hmm. really help people give people mm -hmm. options and help people yeah. get out of a crunch. And so that's what I want our listeners to really take away from this conversation, that this is really about a strategy that you can use to help yourself, but also to help other people. So Zach, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and to learn more. So what's the best place that they can go to learn more about you and all that you're doing? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of links here. So if you want to speak to me or my father-in-law, Chris, like we do free strategy calls. So let's say you listen to this, and you're like, hey, I want to be able to find a little bit more. You just got to go to smartrealestatecoach.com slash action just six simple questions and then I'll be able to jump on our calendar and we'll chat with you further. See if this, see if the strategy is good for you. Uh, I'll give you a link to our, one of our Amazon bestselling books, go to newrulesforfree.com. That's new rules for free. Me, Chris, and my brother-in-law, Nick co-authored it. And then, uh, also, if you want to spend about 35 to 40 minutes just diving into this a little further, me and my father-in-law run a, a webinar. So just go to smartrealestatecoach.com 
slash webinar, be able to dive in a little further. And that'll also lead you down the path of hopping on a phone call with us as well. So hopefully that's enough resources for you guys to, to dive in, get, you know, get your feet wet a little bit, and then we can see if it makes sense for, for us to continue chatting. That's perfect. We'll have all of those for our listeners in the show notes. Zachary Beach, partner, COO, and coach at Smart Real Estate Coach and bestselling author of The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Zach. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast and be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.